This episode of Talking to Trailblazers is brought to you by Salesforce. In this digital work-from-anywhere world, Salesforce enables small businesses to create a 360-degree view of their customers, helping them build great customer relationships and supporting their path to growth. Salesforce brings companies and customers together. To learn more, head to salesforce.com forward slash au forward slash small business. G'day guys and, and welcome to the latest edition of Talking with Trailblazers. Um, I've got Katie Jones, the founder of Country Girl Management. But if I was going to summarize in one sentence, I think she's shaking up and reshaping the modeling industry for the better, both here in Australia and stateside. Katie, how are you on this fine morning? I am super excited, Jack. Really excited to get into it today. Good. That's good. Well, I, um, you told me you've listened to a few of these before, so you, you know the sort of um, the, the, the overall feel we want to have of these conversations, which is you're the talent. You've achieved something so amazing. Be kind. Let us into your, your world. Let us into your brain and understand the genius behind the, the results. And, um, and I guess many people are using this platform to get themselves some more education and insight in how to win in the game of business. So, um, yeah, speak openly to us and um, hopefully we can have a little bit of fun if that's okay with you. Awesome. Sounds good. Very good. Well, we were, we were just, I'm going to double back on a little bit of that conversation we were having prior to, to getting rocking and rolling with this. So you're from a small little, little town um, with a grand population of 300 people um, with whom I can only assume every single one of them knew one another. Um, take us a little bit back. Who is Katie? Where does she come from? Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, small country town, grew up in 300 people of population. So, you know, obviously we knew everyone, community was really important and we knew all of our neighbours. In fact, we didn't even lock our doors and that's just the community that I grew up in. So, you know, it definitely taught me a lot about hard work. We did have a family farm. So, did a lot of work um, on the farm and I absolutely loved the country life. Nice, nice. And I guess then being a 15, 16 year old girl that decides there's some big smoke in this city called Sydney. Um, I'm going to chase the bright lights and, and go and see what life I can make of myself. I can only imagine you were almost stunned on arrival, right? <laughs> yeah, I will be honest. I definitely got lost in the shopping center, at least for the first five times. I could not get out. I could not find an exit. Never been in a shopping center in my life. And you know, rocking up to Sydney was such an overwhelming but very exciting experience. Wow. Yeah. And what um, had it been magazines, uh, TV adverts, friends, family? Like, what was the poster that had made you say, hey, I've got to go to this place. <laughs> this, you may not believe this one, but I actually was a uh, professional athlete. So I was um, a cyclist and it was actually the sport that led me to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And if, um, if I understand where you come from, you had a lot of space to go and ride your bike by the sounds of things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it might have been just a one-hour drive, uh, one-hour ride to get to the uh, to the local event that you wanted to go to, or something of that nature. So, I um, with the, the cycling, did do you think the athletic component and what I often think comes with elite um, athletes is a, a discipline and a mindset that just 
knows how to win. And that doesn't matter if you're playing Monopoly at Christmas with family or you're going in to raise capital from a, you know, an angel investor overseas. Um, winning is winning. Do, do, do you feel that cycling assisted you in any way in the game of business? Absolutely. I was only in the sport for two years and got some really big titles. Um, so I was second in the Oceania Games. I, you know, did really do quite well in the space of two years. And I think through that experience, I had to push so hard um, to get to those levels so quickly. And definitely determination, hard work, and Yep, absolutely. The will to win. Um, definitely, I learned through the cycling experience. Yeah, no. So if you were looking at other entrepreneurs, they're maybe 14, 15, 16, could be older, and they're becoming very um, almost obsessed with their business, which any good entrepreneur will admit that that happens and that has happened. Would you encourage them to consider having a life outside their business and, and maybe using sport as a good way to, to create some separation? I think it's really important to have life outside your business, but I will admit I am definitely not good at this myself. So I don't have some great advice on that. I think I dove straight in like I did with my cycling career and, you know, putting so many hours and so much energy. My whole life revolves around my business. So um, I think great if you can get the balance, but I am definitely not fantastic at this myself. But I think that, I guess it really depends on what level you want to go. As a cyclist, my entire life had to revolve around the sport because I wanted to get to such high levels. And I think, you know, especially starting out in business, so many things that I learned through cycling, I then moved into business. And the same thing really, I found it the same, you know, your whole energy, everything you do is around that. And I think there's so many similarities between professional athletes and people at high level uh, business owners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I'm, I'm going to take this back on a different angle, which is that I can just imagine somebody that's grown up on this stretch, you know, say between like Inverell and Maury, where my pop didn't lock his door, my mum didn't lock his door. I've spoken to fellas out that way. When I tell them I need their ID, they'll say, let me go to my car <laughs> and go and grab it, right? And I know that their driver's, like their wallet is in their glove box of the car that is not locked. <laughs> and then you arrive in Sydney. So naturally, you have a very trusting nature. Now, I'm not disrespecting Sydney or any capital city for that matter, but you put it so many millions of people in one place, they're not all going to be good people. That's just a probability, right? Do you think your trusting nature has been a downfall to you in business in any way? I think initially, um, definitely, you know, I trusted everyone and everything. And if someone told me this was going to happen, that wasn't going to happen, I absolutely believed in all of that. But I think that was the, you know, the naivety of starting out. And I've definitely learned to trust my gut instincts a lot more and not just words. I think it's so important to trust action rather than words. So definitely initially, um, I had trust in just about everything. And, you know, that is the kind of country way of life. And, um, but I have learned through these years, I mean, it's been over a decade now that I've been doing this. So I have learned over the years to really trust my gut and to trust in my, you know, will to 
know the truth rather than just really trusting in, in words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so a bit more following of the gut than just the head? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Is it fair to say sometimes there's a lot of good opportunities, but the skill is in knowing which one to choose and when? <laughs> I think that's the, the hard part of being in business and being an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of our personalities, well, from the entrepreneurs I've met, we do have quite similar personalities where, you know, often we, we begin chasing all of the bright lights and um, definitely, um, you know, it's really focusing in on that one thing and getting that one thing right. Well, that's what I have learned is, you know, I focus on so many things and it's just about getting that one thing right. And when when you have become an expert, you've got that one thing right, then move on to the next. And it's probably a huge lesson I've really learned in the last few years. Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. And to, and to hopefully reinforce that for anybody that's listening is just that the shiny object syndrome is definitely the biggest mistake I've made in business. Um, you, you've knuckled down, be the master of just one thing, be known for what you do. And I think you do that incredibly well. You hear country girl management, CGM, um, your face, your name, your brand um, it is completely aligned, you know? So, so take us into that. I don't think cycling and modeling are completely chalk and cheese, but they're not exactly yin and yang, <laughs> you know? So how does one become the other? And I guess where's that initial spark that lights the fire in you to start a business in this industry? Yeah, I think moving from the country and moving into Sydney, the difference in opportunities, especially within the entertainment industry. You know, you, you mentioned Inverella Mori before. I am smack bang in the middle of those towns. So, you know, there's nothing out there, especially in that modelling entertainment world. So when I moved to Sydney, I was a cyclist, professional cyclist, and I obviously was racing and competing and I could just see the difference in opportunity, not just in the entertainment world, but also in the cycling world and in the sport world. And I really wanted to give back to my community back in the country. So um, to be honest with you, I actually felt really bad that my friends couldn't also come with me. You know, I felt like I came out to these bigger opportunities, this different world, and my friends really wanted to come, but they couldn't come. So I really wanted to give back to, you know, that country girl who's sitting out in the country wanting bigger opportunities and just not having access to it. And that's really where the passion started to to grow. And I got a short stint, well, three-year stint with Miss Universe Australia. And that's where I started to see the opportunities face-to-face. But also within that, I could see that girls who were considered, in my eyes, the most beautiful girls in the world, had such confidence issues. And I was faced with this over and over again at Miss Universe that I just thought there has to be a way that we can empower and build confidence through the entertainment industry. Yeah. And what would you feel like out there it could sometimes dawn on people that if I don't feel I have an opportunity, then what's the point in trying? And then you start to see things like, whether it be alcohol or drugs or depression or violence or these other things can start to become because we, we haven't found our passion. Is that, is that something you see in, 
young country people in general? Yeah, I think just humans in general, we need a goal. I believe we need a goal. We need something to work on. Like we live for progression. That is humanity. And without that progression, without that goal, without that something to work towards, we feel dead inside. And I can totally see that people are using escapism, whatever that is for them to avoid this. So I definitely think progression and having goals is so important to keep us alive and, and energetic and happy. Yeah. Wow. So talk, talk us through your methods then. If you, to this day, I know it evolves over time, but how do you currently set goals? Like, are you a, are you a daily to-do list type of girl or are you a big, hairy, audacious, you know, top 10 things on the vision board type of girl or, or, or all of the above? Look, I am a huge goal setter. It's probably something that I do a little bit too often. I look refined. I basically um, set out the year goal. That's the kind of method I use is I have a, a big whiteboard at home. I set out the, the year goals first um, and then I break them down into quarterly and then I break them down um, into monthly and weekly and that's basically keeping me on track. But definitely, I've always set really huge goals. Uh, in cycling, it was to go to the Olympics. Uh, obviously, with business, it's to take this and scale this worldwide. So definitely think big goals are really important. Yeah, wow. And I love the fact that, that almost identically to you, I kind of have the life, year, quarter, month, week, day. But can I ask you... Um, do you use anything as a sort of a, a motivator, if you will? So let's say you said you were going to ride 50 kilometers, but at 30 kilometers, you've had enough today. You really have nothing to prove. You're not in a race. Um, you understand where I'm coming from? Do you, do you have anything that you're, hey, you know, quieten that, that prey mindset and say, no, come on, you can do this. You're going to win this race. Absolutely. I think initially it's having a bit of structure to it. Um, so every morning I have a two-hour morning routine where I am doing motivational activities. I'm meditating. I'm setting myself up for the day. And it started out, I call it my warrior training program, but I started out as a 30-minute thing like eight years ago. And over time, I've just gotten so addicted to this morning routine that I've now extended it to two hours. So setting myself up first um, for the day, I think is really important. Having those big goals and what I find is giving yourself rewards. And so I have a technique I use that I call my goal ladder. So basically the concept of this is putting the big goal at the top of a ladder and basically just stepping them out, breaking them into smaller goals. And if anyone is struggling with motivation and sticking to that goal, the thing that I have found is actually putting in rewards. So for every step of the ladder, there's a goal and a date. You tick it off and you get a reward and you take the next step and you take the next step. And instead of focusing on the big goal right at the top of the ladder, it's about focusing on the step in front of you, ticking that off first, getting the reward, then go to the next step. And I find that when we often look up and we look at the 12-month goal, the six-month goal, we can get so overwhelmed and frustrated that we're not getting there faster. But by just focusing on what's in front of you, the next step, the next step, and adding rewards in, I've found that this keeps that motivation and, uh, yeah, really keeps things rolling. 
Yeah, nice. So you might have something big that say like, I do this sizable thing. I'm going to reward myself with a holiday, but break that down into 10 steps. And when I do step one, I'm going to have a chocolate bar. Absolutely. You've got it. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm hearing you just in you talking, you sound like you've got a lot of diversity through those goals. I sometimes sit with people and I go, wow, it's great. You've got a great structure to your goals, but of the 10 of them you've verbalized, nine of them are work orientated or money orientated. Yeah. Um, do you think there's sort of five or seven or 10 or 12? Like, do, do you have any sort of pillars that you build those goals on at all? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely spiritual is a big goal in my life and making sure that I have goals within that side of my life. Obviously business. I'm also a property investor. So I have a lot of big goals uh, within property and also just mind, body and spirit. So they're sort of the pillars that I work between. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, something that I, I, I won't bore everybody with today, but obviously um involved in the property investment industry myself, specialize in helping um, people to utilize their superannuation to buy an investment property. So um, yeah, I'll talk your ears off on that on, on, a, on a different day, but I want to flip on a different side. I'm imagining Katie, the five-year-old girl, dad's got the, the old style camera um, and she's singing into her hairbrush um, and nobody's going to stop her doing otherwise or something of that nature, you know, were, were you always an entertainer, an extrovert, I guess a confident young country girl, or did that come over time? Yeah, I think definitely I've always had a sense of knowing, knowing who I was um, and a sense of inner confidence, not sort of the, the, the fake it till you make it kind of confidence. Like I've always had a sense of knowing what I was put on this planet to do. And I think having that purpose in life and having that knowing, and I've had it from very young teenager, that has given me more of an inner confidence that I think is just so much more powerful when we find our inner power and that inner confidence. You know, that's, I've had that from a really young age. And I think it's just knowing my passion and, and what I'm meant to be doing on this planet. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's beautiful to hear somebody that is, I guess, ultimately aligned. Um, and it's weird because I, I find at times we almost feel like that's wrong. No one should really know themselves or nobody should know everything. And it's, so therefore you start to almost um, self-sabotage at times, you know? So just beautiful to hear somebody that goes, no, I get me, I like me, and I'm sticking with the hand that I've been dealt, you know, which, um, which is fantastic. So let me, let me go off on a complete tangent here. Social media, good thing, bad thing. I guess there's an argument for both. Try and give me a balanced argument. I've just watched that documentary, The Social Dilemma. Um, give me your two cents worth, mate. What, um, what's the good bad of, of social media nowadays? Absolutely. So definitely it's for me 50-50 good and bad. Obviously, especially in what we do, empowering young women, social media can definitely do the opposite of this, but it can also empower, you know, there's motivation, there's inspiration. So I think social media is definitely changed not only our industry, but change has changed the world as we know it. And it's obviously here to stay. So I'm kind of 50-50. I think absolutely it can be a good thing for business, 
for people, for community, for building friendships, but also there is a bit of an evil side to it, you know, where comparing it's, um, you know, really taking our attention off living in the present and living in the moment. So, you know, I think it's really up to how we use it either for the positive or for the negative. Mm-hmm. I guess like so many things in life, right? When yeah. used appropriately. Um, <laughs> All in moderation. <laughs> they're very beneficial. But we as human beings have that naturally obsessive nature, don't we? When we, when we enjoy something, we, we tend to, to want to do a lot more of it. So, um, yeah, I appreciate your two cents worth on that. So let, let's take a different story then. Uh, hi, I'm Jack. I'm a 17-year-old boy from Gundawindi. I don't know anybody except the people that live in the one house I've lived in in my whole life or from the one school I've gone to in my whole life. Um, I'm going to move to Brisbane. What should I be careful of? What should I um, definitely ensure I do? What, what would be your kind of three to five top tips for a kid moving from the country to the big smoke? Absolutely. Well, uh, stay at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, moving out young is a challenge It on every spectrum. I mean, you have to work out how to pay rent. I mean, back when I was doing it, I was walking to the bank and paying my rent. So online makes things a lot easier, but you have to really figure it out for yourself. I think just making sure that you do have support from wherever you have come from. I think it's important to obviously make sure you've got the income coming in, which is super hard moving out so young, making sure you've got a job lined up. Um, and I think just really finding a community of where you fit because I really struggled moving into Sydney and I was this country girl and it really took me a long time to find my place. And I was going to school and was in the cycling community, but, you know, moving into a new place for anyone of any age is tough, let alone a teenager. So really making sure you've got that hobby, that sport, something that you can then come into and build a community around that. Mm, Yep. Love it. So getting in there, when you arrive, if I'm a young boy playing a bit of footy, go and get myself into a footy club. You know, there's going to be another 20 blokes there. Um, you know, if you are a young girl and you enjoy a certain sport or social activity, um, yeah, ensure that um, you, you do your best to be able to get the tires on the tarmac quickly. Um, so it can obviously create the platform for you to achieve, I guess, mostly financial goals, right? Would you say most people are moving to the city from the country for financially orientated reasons? Yeah, I think also opportunity. You know, people, athletes, young athletes have to sort of move uh, to the city. Obviously, in the entertainment industry, I think financial opportunity, career, education. You know, Mm. we don't sort of have the best of the best out in the country of all of those things. So if I ask you about your business now, um, Country Girl Management, who are you guys? What, what, What do you do? And how, what services do you offer? Absolutely. So Country Girl Management is a confidence building program for young women. And it's also coupled with a mother modeling agency. So we scout for models, but we do it through self-empowerment workshops and our confidence campaign. So it is a super unique service. And really it's 
just stemmed from a passion of me wanting to really empower other young girls and help other girls like my myself out in the country when I was, you know, 15, 16 and moved in. So, yeah, we're a confidence campaign and a mother modelling agency. Very unique. You would not believe how well they actually couple together. <laughs> yes. It's um, some of the greatest combinations in history have happened by accident. <laughs> uh, you know, it just requires somebody... I guess, crazy enough to try uh, <laughs> at times. Luckily, we have you to do that. So um, your business, uh, when I trolled you on the internet, I started getting excited about finding my source, finding my special source. Um, talk to me a little bit about what that, is, um, what that is for your business and what that sort of means for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, our secret source or things that we're amazing at is really building that community, building friendships, women empowerment, self-empowerment, and creating an experience um, and incredible feelings for people while they are working with us. Now, I think that, you know, one of the best things that we get to do as business owners is to recreate an experience, a positive experience, but more than that, actually creating feelings for the clients that we work with. And for me, business is all about creating those special experiences or feelings. And that is CGM in a whole bundle. Uh, it's all about creating that empowerment and really giving our girls the self-belief that they truly can achieve anything that they want. Because, you know, often through their life, they're, they're getting bullied, they're getting pulled down, they're getting told that it's not possible. And we're here to say that it is and it's all about that self-empowerment. Yeah, wow. So if somebody um, who was listening to this, say, had uh, a young son or daughter um, who might be, say, 13, 14, 15, going through some of the natural pressures that, that, that exist at that time, um, social media, again, maybe not to keep pointing the finger, but, but, but maybe amplifies that stage of life as well um, because it's 24-7, 365 connected and, and maybe um, falsely perceived. What... What would you maybe say to them that they could do as a couple of questions or a small little exercise that might, might, might just pick up the spirits and maybe improve the self-confidence of, of their young one? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, again, coming back to goals, but just making sure that they have a goal, something that they're always working towards. We have found with the goals that we have worked with, you know, when school's over and it's like, well, what's that next goal? And I think just making sure that they are seeing progression and making sure that they have found their place. I think a lot of us throughout our life kind of get lost and we don't have a place in the world. You know, maybe we're not the athlete, we're not the model, we're not the business owner, we're not sort of one particular thing. And I think as a teenager, it's important to have goals and have that progression, but also to have a place and to find that place that resonates with us. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And um, if I, in a joking manner, would <laughs> say that a girl went from a population of 300 and she decided to take on 4 million, but obviously eventually um, you become a big fish in a small pond in Australia. If you do genuinely dominate an industry like I think your business does, then, then eventually we, we have to look overseas to be able to expose ourselves to a greater population. So you thought 350 million more opportunities um, in the USA and Canada um, were going to be a sensible decision. Talk us through 
the highs and lows of international expansion? What has gone well for you? What didn't go so well that maybe you've learned from and others could learn from if they were attempting to do the same in the future? Yeah, it's um, it has been a dream uh, for many, many years, but we have been at the international game for three years now. So in 2018, we actually landed in Canada and we ran some events over there. And it was a trial to see how it went, um, meet some of the girls and just really take that experience. And um, definitely we were trying to go international way too early. Our systems and our processes weren't in place. So it was a real challenge everything was a challenge. We were doing a lot of things manual in the business still. And to be honest with you, we just weren't ready for that international expansion. It was still an awesome experience. And I think it gave us the confidence that, you know, the market really needed what we were providing, but we were just not ready for that. So uh, it went really well, but obviously our systems and processes just weren't up to scratch. So we came back to Australia and for the last, since 2018, we have been working towards that goal and last month actually we launched USA and it has been an awesome experience this time around in comparison to 2018 we have spent the last two years getting our systems and our processes in place and really just fine-tuning what we do and now launching over in the USA uh, it's been amazing we've had so much interest the girls are incredible and our mission at CGM is to change the world one girl at a time as corny as that may sound it's really been my lifelong dream. And yeah, we're finally taking those steps. Um, and USA has been uh, such an incredible experience this last month. Yeah. Wow. Do you know every single person who has changed the world had the intention to do so? Oh, I didn't know I that. Know, <laughs> that sounds crazy. But like for every, for all the millions that have said, I will change the world, you're one of them. Um, there's never been somebody who didn't say that that did. So um, I love it. And don't let, I guess what you're teaching them is what you would daily reinforce to yourself then, right? Which is, um, I can do anything I put my mind to. Um, yeah, and I actually believe it. Like as crazy as it does sound, um, I truly believe it. And I think just taking CGM to the USA and, you know, taking those steps, it just is concreting those beliefs. And I know it sounds crazy. I really know it does, but I do believe anything is possible. And um, I really do believe that we will change the world. I know we've changed so many lives here in Australia and New Zealand and a few over in Canada when we were there, but I know for sure that we will change the world and it's yeah, a really exciting time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And you said to me that you didn't have the systems last time that you do now when you arrive back um, for, you know, uh, I guess a, a relaunch, if we want to call it that. So without asking to give away all of your secrets, could I ask you just for one specific, what was one system you didn't have in place um, naively the first time that you feel far more comfortable and confident about the fact you do now? Absolutely. I would definitely say an incredible CRM system. Awesome. <laughs> that would be the number one thing that has really changed our life in terms of systems and processes. Do you build it or do you subscribe to one? Um, so we do have a subscribed system, but with plugins. So it is more suited for what we do. 
What's the benefit of having a good CRM system? Oh my gosh, everything uh, for us. Um, it's, to be honest, it's actually brought freedom to my life. It has taken away so much stress, stress and pressure. It does your reporting. It makes sure everything flows. And my favorite thing is that it shows all of the activities of every client that we've ever met. And it doesn't matter if we have one client or, you know, for us, 7,000 a year, it tracks every single client, exactly what they're doing. It sends emails and texts and does everything that we used to do manually. So for for me, it's actually brought a lot of freedom and a lot of space in my life to concentrate on those bigger goals and those bigger rocks. Yeah, well, well, if I was going to talk about freedom, I think one thing that I've seen COVID has forced upon many industries is for us to go from all jumping on airplanes. I don't know if you and I were the same. I assume we were. You probably saw the airport more often than you saw your own family members um, all of the time being here, there and everywhere. So um, your business, was it, I guess the question I'm asking is, were you forced to go predominantly online or was this your future strategy that just was accelerated due to what had happened this year with the global pandemic? Yeah, so I definitely, it was a vision about a, well, a year before COVID hit. Uh, it was one of my visions because I knew that, you know, our mission was to change the world. And with the structure that we were doing, it was going to be extremely difficult and also take a long time. So it was always a dream to create an online platform, but it wasn't until COVID that it actually really did you know, just expedite the whole process. And we were forced, you know, it's amazing what you can get done when a pandemic hits because, you know, you're forced into survival and you get things done much faster. So I think it was always our future, but it would have taken probably years to implement what we have done since COVID. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? That it's like that glass half full, glass half empty, right? Oh, COVID's ruined my business. No, it didn't. COVID just put your business on steroids. Yeah. EGM can be in every single country in the world as of tomorrow, if it decides to be, and it has the ability to be able to market its services. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, you know, recreating our business. I mean, we were an event business, so in-person, face-to-face, huge conferences, and you really would just not think that it would be possible to move what we do fully an event company and fashion shows. Like we run fashion shows to an online platform, but we have done it. We even host online fashion shows. So I think to anyone listening, it can be possible. I mean, if we've turned our fully event company, fashion show company to an online platform, I do believe that most of everyone out there could do the same. Yeah. You're, you're, quite, uh, you're quite amazing. You know that? <laughs> yeah. You've, um, you're doing something that's really uh, left of field, you know, and, and, and it's, it's beautiful to see somebody that, and listen to you talk. I, I don't know whether you've had a lot of neurolinguistic programming training, but the terminology you use is so self-assured, not in an arrog- in, with any level of arrogance or ego, purely just in a self-appreciative way, you know? So, um, yeah, it's nice to see a business owner who epitomizes everything that they are teaching and or asking others to do and be. 
Thank you. That is super kind. I think it's, um, you know, come from a young age. I grew up with my stepfather who would just unknowingly, um, you know, from the ages of five and up, unknowingly sit me down for these wisdom chats. And the wisdom chats were things like the world is your oyster and it would go on on a lot of different tangents. But just that positive affirmation from that young age, I think is just really been ingrained. And um, it wasn't until like a few years ago that I realized that that's where I think it all stemmed from, which is just sounds crazy. But yeah, it is definitely what we teach. And um, I think it's so important for young people to have that affirmation in their life and you know eventually if if not right now eventually with years of it happening I think they will absolutely believe it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely well we we started this conversation I think prior to the recording going on with a very philosophical question regarding uh the pressure of women of a certain age to start their family so let's let's finish it with a, a nice philosophical question as well I think I, people often say to me, um, do you think she is beautiful? And my response is always the same. I don't know. I've never met her. Mm-hmm. Because for me, if you ask me, is she attractive, physically, aesthetically attractive, that, 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 that's an easy question to answer. But I guess beauty is the definition of only the, the you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, I think is the old saying. So finish us off with that then, Katie. What, what is beauty? to you? What makes a human being beautiful? I definitely agree with you that it is definitely in the beholder, but for me, it's so much more than just the physical appearance. It's, it's the heart, it's the soul, it's the spirit. And it's about where you're going with your life, what you're doing, who you're helping. So I really think beauty, ultimate beauty is yes, parts physical, but definitely more on a deeper level of your heart, your mind, your soul. Uh, sounds again, a little bit corny, but you know, it's, um, it's also so incredibly beautiful to see a man or a woman who have found their place and who have that self-confidence that again is the inner confidence. So I think just knowing who you are and, you know, being really proud of that person, I think is yeah, ultimate beauty. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for your time. Um, Thank you for being courageous enough to do what you do. And um, I guess on behalf of every parent or family member of a young girl's life that you've changed, um, thank you for, for allowing them to believe in themselves. Thank them, you, um, for helping them find that, that you know, inner appreciation and uh, let their own light shine. So um, Australia, get behind this, this girl. If you're listening to this and you're in a rural part and you think, wow, this sounds like exactly what my girl needs. Uh, Katie, where can they find you, Darth? Absolutely. So just countrygirlmanagement.com. Apply. We'll get in contact with you and uh, yeah, really work on changing that life. Amazing. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and um, I look forward to the opportunity when we get to speak again soon. Awesome. And thanks so much, Jack, for your time and to Business News Australia. You guys are so awesome and I'm just really proud to be in this awesome community. Brilliant. We thank you so, so much. We look forward to the awards nights when uh, 
we'll be able to reward those that um, you know have gone above and beyond this year. And I don't doubt for a second you'll be at the pointy end of that process. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. Okay. Thanks now. All the best. Bye-bye. This episode of Talking to Trailblazers is brought to you by Salesforce. In this digital work-from-anywhere world, Salesforce enables small businesses to create a 360-degree view of their customers, helping them build great customer relationships and supporting their path to growth. Salesforce brings companies and customers together. To learn more, head to salesforce.com forward slash au forward slash small business.